Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. Today on my podcast, I have someone who actually met me first, which sounds kind of odd, but Debbie Tannenbaum DM'd me on Twitter after reading my chapter in the 2020 EduMatch Snapshot in Education. And she's a soon-to-be-published author, which is very exciting. We're definitely going to talk about that. And a Teach Better ambassador, which obviously means she focuses on teaching better for her students. Um, I'm really intrigued to find out more about her upcoming book and all about her. Uh, the book is uh, called Transform, Techie Notes to Make Learning Sticky. Welcome, Debbie Tannenbaum. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. Ah, this is wonderful. So I didn't really say too much about you in terms of your professional background or things that you're passionate about. So share with our listeners. Sure. Well, um, this is my 21st year in education. For the past three years, I've been what we call in my district, a school-based technology specialist. Basically, that's a fancy word for an elementary school tech coach. And so I work with students K to six and their teachers to promote integration of technology into the curriculum in meaningful ways. Um, part of my job involves working with kids as part of our special schedule. And then part of my job includes co-teaching with teachers in their classrooms. So I kind of get to do a little bit of everything, which is really great. This mm-hmm. past year with everything that's been going on with COVID, I've taken more of a tech support role on. Um, But I've also worked a lot with my teachers, especially this summer, making sure that they knew how to use the tools that they needed to use to be successful teaching remotely. That's where we started this year. And now we are hybrid, which um, in our district means that some kids go two days a week and then some kids are entirely virtual. And then we're kind of doing that concurrent high flex teaching model, which is definitely a learning process for all of us. Um, This year, I also get to teach a couple sections of STEAM. Um, Outside of school, I have been blogging for about two years. I started blogging in February of 19. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, I've been presenting. I joke that I've traveled the country presenting virtually. Um, (laughs) I think I've done like 20 presentations in the last um, year and a half, which is kind of cool. And then the thing I'm most excited about is that my book is coming out, um, Transform Techie Notes to Make Learning Sticky. It's going to be coming out this spring um, from Road to Awesome. And that's kind of something I never expected was going to happen. And it kind of just happened. <laughs> it shocks me that to think about it. I, I made a goal that I was going to write a book in 2020, didn't really think it was going to happen. And as the last few days of 2020 came in, I got inspired and got it finished. So Awesome. Oh, that's so exciting. I can't wait to talk about all of this. Oh, we'll be here for days, <laughs> which is good. So the first question I usually ask my guests is if I say the word belonging or feeling a sense of belonging, what's the first thing that comes to mind? 
The first thing that comes to mind to me is Twitter. I only discovered Twitter in 2017, which if you think about it, I have a master's in technology, which I got when my son was born in, in 2002. Wow, that feels like a long time ago. Yeah. But I didn't discover Twitter till 2017 when I joined the county that I'm in now. Mm -hmm. um, my principal at the time was a big proponent of it and really got us involved in it. And at first I was like, oh, only celebrities use Twitter. And I got started with using it and it became kind of, you know, something that I'd always been looking for that I didn't know I needed. And when I first started, I was Mrs. Tannen B. And I had done a pretty good job with that. Um, unfortunately, last year I got hacked. Oh. And when I got hacked, I decided to change my hand, Twitter handle to Tannenbaum Tech, which is now what I'm at. And it was funny, a couple of weeks ago, I reached the point where I was at when I got hacked with followers. But as I look back, I think it was a blessing because now the people who I'm following and who are following me are a different group of people um, through getting involved with the Teach Better family. Mm -hmm. um, with, I'm a Teach Better ambassador. I've also now gotten involved with the Teach Better admin mastermind. Um, in addition to Code Breakers with their leadership lounge, I found a group of individuals where before it was mostly people in the ed tech field. And now I feel like my PLN is much broader and includes leaders across the education spectrum. And I feel like that's really helped me to grow in ways that I never would have expected. And it's helped me to take risks. I joked that when I went to ISTE in 2019, mm -hmm. I decided I was going to take risks that I hadn't taken before. And I couldn't get over at ISTE how many, I would go up to people who I'd only interacted with in Twitter and they'd give me a hug and it would feel like we always knew each other. <laughs> I love and, that about ISTE, yes. And it was just so amazing. And like, you know, even I joked that the first time I went on the Teach Better um, admin mastermind, I went in and I saw these people who I knew from Twitter and somebody goes, oh, I know you. It's so awesome to meet you. And I'm like, it's awesome to meet me. It's awesome to meet you. Um, <laughs> and I've just, and I've just found this something I was always looking for. I mean, as I talked to you about earlier, I had a death in my family this past week and I couldn't get over how many people reached out to me, sent me personal boxes or sent me a text. I've just found such a wealth of people who I can connect with and who help me grow and who aren't afraid to challenge me in ways that I would have never imagined. In fact, I met my publisher through Twitter. Wow. Um, which is kind of weird. I met him on the 24th of December and basically he's like, do you have a story to share? Reach out. I wrote, reached out to him. I was like, I think I have a book here, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And we met, I sent him what I had. And a couple of days later, he's like, uh, this is really good. <laughs> well, I, so I'm not surprised know. because I've read some of your blog posts and I'm definitely going to subscribe because, uh, and we'll share that in the show notes with everybody at the end. But you're, you're a prolific writer and so personal. So yeah, I can understand why, why he liked it. Of course, I haven't seen your book yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. So that's, that's good that you talked about the writing and, and that because um, my next question is, uh, I'd like to read a paragraph from one of your recent blog posts. I think it's from January, where you talk about the road to awesome and connections. So I'm going to read it. Everywhere I have turned this past week, there have been, there's been a common thread, the importance of human connection. That might seem strange to say during a time where we are so focused at being physically apart, 
but in many ways, it makes perfect sense. We are all craving human connection as we work behind masks, computer screens, or partitions. This week, almost everything I've done seems to lead to, to this need and its importance. This might have escaped me completely if I hadn't been listening to a podcast for my SBTS podcast club, and you can explain that in your answer on Wednesday. But afterwards, I could not stop but to notice the common thread between these seemingly standalone events was indeed connection. All these connections were important stops on my journey to grow and learn, be the best I can be, be or on my own personal road to awesome. And it just spoke to me. And then, of course, the rest of the, of the blog, everybody will have to go find it and read it. Uh, the rest of the blog speaks about that. But I would love for you to talk about that idea of connection. And you just spoke about the Twitter connections you've made and the perspective you took after you got hacked and sort of have made these better relationships with people, perhaps, because they have pushed you in a different direction. So I'd love for you to talk about all of that. So the S, um, SBITS, which is our school-based technology specialist um, group, is all of the tech coaches in my county. And so one of the initiatives that they've done this year is they decided to create a podcast club. And that particular podcast um, was about the art of gathering and how we really need to have purposes for our gatherings, which is especially important right now when people are so overwhelmed you know, really thinking, why are we meeting? Are we just meeting to have a meeting? Are we meeting to do something that could be an email? All of that's mm. just so important. And in this, she was talking to Priya Parker and they were talking about how you really need to think about what is that purpose of that gathering. And it really mm. struck me as I was doing the events of that week. I think that was the first week um, that I had joined the Teach Better Admin Mastermind. Mm -hmm. um, is that there were just so many things happening that particular week that really made me think about that. Um, you know, it's, it's just interesting to me as I think about it, like, you know, many of the people who I would have interacted with on a daily basis at that point weren't people a part of my life yet. I have found these other people to connect with in a different way that gave me something that I really needed. Right. For a long time, it had just been my daughter who's 15 and my husband and I at home for the most part. But there's so many, you know, with technology, we have so many opportunities to give us to really connect outside of that. And it just astounds me all of the ways that it's allowed me that opportunity to connect and how mm -hmm. people who I meet in seemingly unrelated ways have become such pivotal parts of my life. And it's just, it's, it just astounds me. Yeah, what's, what's really nice is it seems that those people have, and the interactions you've had with them and the takeaways that you've gotten from your interactions have pushed you to a, a better place with your own self-belonging. Yes. Which is so important to be able to make those really healthy connections with others because we need to have that self-confidence and so forth. So it sounds like before all of this, you probably wouldn't have thought about, well, you may have thought about writing a book, but you wouldn't necessarily have had the self-confidence to put yourself out there and even contact someone and say, I've got something I'm writing about. You know, you might've second-guessed yourself at that time. So it's so nice that you've been able to put those relationships 
back on yourself to reflect and the groups that you found, which you've, you've found really supportive. Absolutely. And I, and in 2009, 2020, I decided my word for the year was challenge. And so after my successes at ISTE, really meeting people and doing things that I joked I hadn't done in a, like in a, the longest time, like going out and going to events, I decided I wanted to challenge myself to do things I hadn't done. I wanted to present more. I wanted to work on writing a book. I wanted to do all of these things. And after ISTE, I realized that if I didn't try to take a chance, nothing would change. And I remember listening to um, a Teach Better podcast. I think it was Jen Manley. And she talked about, if you don't ask, the answers always no. Right. And I kind of embodied that mindset. And I have to, you know, I, so I started applying to conferences. So far, I've only had two no's. That's not bad. I've presented it over 20 conferences. Yes, yeah. Um, and, you know, and I started working on my book. And, you know, I remember, um, I'm forgetting the name right now, but I was talking to someone they were like, blog posts become chapters and chapters become books. And just really taking those chances. And it was funny because like I said, I started writing my book around the time COVID happened. I kind of paused on it because I didn't have any, I felt like I was so overwhelmed. Oh, and right. in December, I was listening to a Teachers on Fire roundtable on a Saturday morning and um, Rochelle Danae Pothe and Jillian DuVois and I and one, and one or two other people were speaking. And I wrote up on, on a comment on it as I was like, how much do you need to get done to do this? And Rochelle Danae Pope has been a huge supporter. She's let me guest blog for her. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. And she's like, just do it. You have it there. She's like, I've read your blog post. You can do this. Yep. Just go for it. You don't have to have it all done. And I reached out to several different publishers at that point, met with a few and then realized that my publisher, I'm working with Road to Awesome, um, which is a new publisher, he believed in me and he believed in this project the way I believed in it. Nice. And so my feeling was, is I was just going to go ahead and try. And mm -hmm. it's funny because as I've started to do this now, my kids are starting to do more of this. I see it, you know, I see it happening in my family for a long time. My husband believed in me and this is a, a second marriage for us but it took me a while to see the same thing he saw. And so now I see that and I've been really going for things and it wasn't the way I was, but it's the way I am now. And honestly, it's so much more fun to wake up in the morning knowing that all of these opportunities are in front of you. Yes, and that you've made them, them happen because you believed in yourself. There are yeah. so many parallels between you and me. They resonate with me so much. So I can see why you DM'd me after reading That's exactly. that chapter because I talk about meeting Barbara Bray at, at ISTE 17. And it's, it's really interesting. And also I, I blog about the fact that my husband really was the one who believed in me first before I ever saw the potential in me. So yeah, so we have, we have a lot yeah, in common. That's why I reached out to you because I, as I read your, your chapter, it resonated so you know much with me. And I was like, wow, like she has this, like our stories are, have a lot of parallels. Yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful. Um, I want to ask you, how, how can we use EdTech to create a sense of agency and self-belonging, which is the self-confidence, self-efficacy, self-esteem? in our students and also in our teachers, because you're working with teachers too, to build up that self-belonging and self-esteem. Digital literacy, you talk about sticky notes, which we'll also get into a little bit when we connect to your book. 
inclusive learning, your younger students, all of those things, um, you even use your method with them. So how has it transformed your teaching? Not just the sticky notes, but ed tech in general. Well, I really view ed tech as being a way to transform learning. There's um, as far as the title of the book. Um, but I really think that it's important that technology should be used in ways that we can't do things traditionally. Mm -hmm. You know, do we get, are we giving students opportunities to do things that aren't possible without the tech? I always talk about the Smithsonian Learning Lab as a great example to that. Mm -hmm. Students can go and visit any of the Smithsonian museums sitting in front of their computer, but they're not just limited to one museum. The entire collection's put together and they make collections out of those and students can zoom in and zoom out and they can learn more things about that. That's not something that they could do in their classroom without the, you know, the technology, sure. you know, and so really looking at things like that, you know, are really important. Some of the things that we do with collaborative note-taking with like Google Slides, um, using Google Slides in a less traditional manner, they couldn't do that without the tech. Yes, we could put pieces of paper around a room, Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be as meaningful of that. Um, you know, and with my younger students really, and actually all my students really focusing on that creation over consumption. I'm really passionate about that. I really believe that when we learn that reflection piece is so keen. And I think it's one of the reasons that I've grown so much is in the last two years with blogging, that reflection has helped me grow. And not only the reflection piece, but the vulnerability piece. I spent a lot of my career being afraid to show anything that I didn't know, but there's a lot of strength in showing where you're going and what you, where you've been. Right. And um, when I read Tara Martin's Be Real book, that really kind of struck me and I really embraced that whole feeling. And I want to make sure that people know it's okay not to know things, but we're all learning. We're all growing. Mm -hmm. And you know, I want the kids to see that that whole growth mindset is just so important. And so when my students, rather than doing a program where they're clicking a button, are creating something that show their knowledge and they're reflecting on that, it becomes so much more meaningful. And so I've really tried with my, um, with all of my students, K to six, to really promote that and looking at when I go in, whether it's to teach a lesson as part of the special schedule or whether I'm going into co-teach. How is what we're doing giving them an opportunity that they wouldn't have if I hadn't exposed them to what we were doing? And really making sure that the tools I'm using with my, um, with my teachers and my students are versatile. I don't want them to feel like they can only use it for one thing. I think that's so important. I really want it to be a meaningful thing. So when I leave, everyone in that classroom is like, wow, that was really cool. I bet I could use it for this too. Oh, how nice. I love that. Yes, because the tools that you're using and the way you show them how to use them is, is a part of that whole inclusive, inclusivity, <laughs> could yeah. say it, and also accessibility for all of your students. So it sounds like you're looking at how can each and every student access that uh, tech tool in a way that is meaningful for, for them. And I try to really, when I'm giving my kids, my students things to do, I try to focus on things that are open-ended enough that they really allow some voice and choice within them. Nice. I think that that's just so important. You know, one example with my 
um, first graders, we learn about forces and they, you know, they're watch reading and learning about how a force can act on an object. Well, there's so many different ways to represent your knowledge in that. Yes. And so, you know, one kid might decide to show how they can throw a basketball hoop. Another kid might be pulling a wagon. They're all sharing that they understand the concept, but they're bringing in their background knowledge. They're bringing in their voice. And, you know, with now with, um, you know, so many tools, they can bring in that multimedia, they can add their voice, they can add video in, in addition to if they're going to draw something. I just really think that's important. We want that student voice to be honored. That's definitely a part of that inclusivity because the more students hear each other's voices, the richer our classroom cultures are. Right. And when you're working um, in, with professional development, when you're coaching, supporting the teachers, are you able to bring that into what, what you're talking about to them? Not just for them to do it with their students, but the way you model it for, for the teachers. So like I said, well, at least the last couple of years, what I've been doing is I work with some students as part of like a special schedule. So I model things in there. Mm -hmm. um, and those times those teachers aren't there, but I also do meet with teachers to make sure that what we're doing matches. Um, and then with my grade four through six teachers, at least last year, what I did is I went in like once or twice a month and we mm -hmm. planned these lessons together to make sure that they were really meeting what the aims of the lesson were. Right. So that way, you know, there, it might be the first time I came in, I, they would watch, I would teach. Maybe the second time we go back to that tool and I take a little less of a role, um, but really being there to support them as they're working. And even now, as we've been working with, you know, we had a lot of remote teaching at the beginning of the year. You know, sometimes that would involve me coming in and doing a digital citizenship lesson with them. paradex has been a huge thing. We've been using that opportunity once again to get everyone interacting. Right. And so for a lot of my teachers, that was overwhelming. And so working together to teach those lessons made it much easier. And it's definitely been a huge tool that's helped my teachers to really reach their students. I'm always amazed my kindergarten and first grade teachers, the way they find ways to use the tools. I, when I was a classroom teacher, I mostly taught um, fourth and fifth grade. I can't get over the amazing ways. They've taken the things that we've talked about. We've either done in trainings or I've co-taught with them and they take these ideas and they go with them. And it just, it's amazing the growth I've seen in the past year. I mean, I know that COVID's had a lot of struggles, mm -hmm. but the growth of the teachers at my school has been astronomical. And I blog about that quite a bit because I'm so proud of them. They, you know, you can have something happen to you when you can you know, grown about it, or you can have something happen to you and you can say, well, I'm going to do the best I can with what I got and really see where I can go with that. And the teachers at my school, even the teachers who were most afraid of tech, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Um, it, it just, it just makes me really proud and happy about it. <laughs> yeah. And it should. And the thing is, like you said, you go in and you show them something, but you never really know how they're going to walk into their classroom or come up on Zoom or whatever, or Google Meets and, and really appear and use that tool. So to see them taking off with them in different ways must be extremely gratifying and, and no wonder that you love that part of your job. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite part of my job because I just, it's just been so amazing. And, you know, as we started to do hybrid teaching, I'm watching teachers go, well, 
if kids aren't supposed to be using the computers in the classroom as much and we use Pear Deck this much, how are we gonna make it work so we can still use Pear Deck? Or how are we gonna make this work so we can still integrate Google Slides or Google Classroom? Um, it's just really been amazing to see. And teachers who would have never tried things now are. And so it's, it's been amazing. I joke that one of the teachers at my school who's a little tech um, resistant, we were, we were having a CLT and another colleague was having trouble and she's like, oh, you don't know how to do that? And she went over and she showed him how to do it. Oh, and we all laughed and we were like, well, if you know how to do it, we're really in good shape. Oh, wow. How empowering is that? Oh my yeah. gosh, that is fantastic. So I want to ask you about the book now. There are a lot of books out now about ed tech and teaching, but I have a feeling yours is going to be just a little bit different. So what is different or new in yours? Um, what perspectives do you give and how can it support teachers trying to use technology in their classrooms? How will your book help them do that? So TRANSFORM is actually an acronym. It talks about the beginning of my teaching career when I, tra I transitioned away, turned away from closed doors. And then it really talks about how I revisit um, technology's role in education. I talk about my TRANSFORM tech tools, tools that provide opportunities that technology only can give us, that they're versatile, that they really enhance learning. And once I've gone through that, I really talk about amplifying learning um, using the technology. And I talk about really focusing on creation, like we had talked about. I talk mm -hmm. about things, I'm a big proponent of Project Zero's thinking routines. Mm -hmm. And I talk about how we use those to create visual representations of what we learn, building on that reflection again. I also talk a lot about other ways that we can really hit that creation talking in and really making sure our students are really amplifying um, using the tech and a lot of those tools that we talked about. Mm -hmm. And then I really talk about agency. Um, when I'm talking, I talk about nurturing that agency as you know, you mentioned with my sticky notes, I have the, um, I noticed that my kindergartners, my little kids were having a lot of trouble using tech and I was ending up playing what I call you know, technology whack-a-mole, I'd help one kid, another would pop up, sure. et cetera. Um, and I was listening to a podcast and um, the person on the podcast was talking about how she was using icons to help her students better use technology. And that really resonated with me. And so I started putting icons from the things we were doing in like my messages to my students at the beginning of my classes. And as I started to do that, students would... Um, start to help themselves more. We would have pictures on the board and they would be like, oh, well, I have to go to the Google circle first. That's what my little ones call Google Chrome. Oh. And then I would go here and there. And as I continued to build that, I was like, wait a minute, this is kind of a word wall. And I um, built my techie notes word wall where I have icons on the board, on my wall with the letters. Mm -hmm. And as I continued to develop that, I started to notice that even my older kids were paying attention. Oh, you added something to the T, you know? And so they wanted to use it. So it was something that wasn't only good for my little ones. It was also good for my fifth and sixth graders. Um, and then last year, as I started to continue to evolve with it, I noticed that my students, especially my little ones, they needed a little bit more. And I mm -hmm. had done some whole brain teaching when I was in the classroom where you're really talking about adding some signs and things like that to hit everything. 
And so my students started to learn that when we said the word username, it was the number seven because there's seven digits and password because it locked things. And we started adding some signs and my kids would know download and upload and things oh, like that. fun. Yes. And they have to have fun. that movement. Yeah. They loved it. And then we started taking those morning messages and turning them more into algorithms where they were step by step. Mm-hmm. And as we continue to work on that, realizing our room was really tiny last year, um, that we would need them in multiple places so everybody had accessibility. Um, and so I've really focused on that, not just like I said, with my little ones anymore, but with mm-hmm. all of my students, really empowering that agency and then also providing them opportunities for a lot of choice and voice. Those, mm-hmm. you know, what programs are going to empower their voices, that whole piece. And then the book kind of talks about the teacher agency piece. It talks about, you know, the idea of building your PLN, seeking connections outside of your school, not being alone. When I first Mm -hmm. started teaching, I felt very alone. I don't anymore. I know I have a community of people. I have an, if I have a question, I can reach out to them and I have people to ask questions to not only people inside of my district, but people across the country and sometimes around the world. That's true. (laughs) Um, And so I talk about that and how to seek connections and ways to do that and how to build your PLN. And then I talk about the importance in the final section of really offering your voice. I was afraid to do it. It's been one of the best writing that first blog post was scary. Mm -hmm. I'm lucky that I had people who encouraged me to do it. Um, But I started to offer my voice. I started to do presentations. I started to really reach beyond my expectations And then the book kind of concludes on ways that we can really maximize learning's impact using some of the lessons from this past year. Mm -hmm. Talking about things like, you know, some of these live streams that people have been doing where it's probably the best professional development I've ever seen. Yes. Um, And talking about the opportunities from things like hybrid conferences. Um, You know, I have four children the likelihood that I would be able to go to 20 conferences in the last year and a half is pretty unlikely. Mm-hmm. I'm paying for college, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, but knowing that I can do these things virtually, I can do them from my home mm-hmm. and I can meet people who I would have never met. I was at a conference in North Carolina and I met um, an, an eighth grade teacher. And afterwards he wrote me this beautiful email telling me how I had renewed his, you know, his commitment to his students. Like, Wow. Like, I was like in tears. Yes, um, of course. But it's just really been amazing. I've met so many amazing people. And so that book really ends with that message that we really want to look at how we can maximize that impact. Mm-hmm. And so although there are many tech tips inside, it's kind of, it, it's very much of a progression. Mm-hmm. And it really shows you that you can start with very simple steps and integrate things in, in a very meaningful way. And, you know, here's where you can start. Start with that student piece. Start with creating. Look at getting your kids agency. But don't forget about yourself. We always always talk about that oxygen mask thing. Like, teachers are overwhelmed more than Mm -hmm. ever. Teachers need to make sure they take care of themselves and they nurture themselves. And so by connecting with others, Mm -hmm. that you grow so much, you learn, you have people who, you know, who will understand if you're talking and you're like, I can't believe we have to do this this year or that this year. 
you have people who understand you. So it doesn't just stay inside, but you get to kind of air it out and maybe even come up with some solutions that you, you know, they always talk about the smartest person in the room is the room. Yes. Well, the bigger, the, the more people who are in your room, the more you can learn. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that extension of that, uh, of that visual. Yeah, that's so important. Uh, I'm really excited now about seeing the book once it's published because it sounds like you've been able to use your experiences on your journey uh, to inform and help and support other educators on their journeys. And it just sounds so inspiring and empowering. So, and like I said, people who are waiting for your book should definitely start if they haven't begun reading your blog, should definitely start reading your blog because um, it's, it's an amazing, Thank you. Way to learn and also uh, get a, a sort of a window into someone who is finally realizing that growth mindset and the opportunities and how you're taking it forward. So uh, this has been awesome. Debbie, is there anything that you wanted to talk about in terms of belonging or anything else that I didn't ask you about before we finish up? I mean, I feel like you, we've covered a lot of that. I just think that it's really important that everyone finds people who are their tribe, I, you know, who, who they feel like they belong to. And I have definitely found that there have been, you know, some groups that have really been pivotal in that. And if people haven't checked out things like the Teach Better team, amazing. Code Breakers, amazing. Road to Awesome is building stuff and Road to Awesome is an offset of Code Breaker right now. There's just so many amazing places, people that are that are putting out content, but also connecting people. Mm-hmm. I think that's just so important. You know, I look at, I participate in the Teach Better Admin Mastermind. I sometimes go to the nighttime. I sometimes go to the daytime. So far, I've only met one other person who's from my state, and they're wow. not, and they're from about an hour away from me. Like, there's so many opportunities, and I know we're all busy, but. I feel like you don't need to do this alone anymore. And please Mm -hmm. feel free, anyone who's listening to this, to connect to me. I love connecting with other educators and learning from them because I do, I learned so much. And that was one of the things I, you know, I had never been to the Edge and Match um, educational snapshot thing. I was invited to it by Jamie Fowler, who I met through Teach Better Admin Mastermind. And yet, as I went and I read that, there were so many chapters that just resonated with me. And I've made connections like with you from it. Right. And that you just never, you know, I'm doing a course with Lindsay Titus right now. And she talks about how you can't connect the dots forward, but when you connect the dots backwards, you'll never know how one thing you did has led you to something you never could have imagined. Yeah. And just, you know, thinking about that, you know, don't be afraid to take a chance because the worst that can happen is you're where you were already at. Mm Mm-hmm. I I love that. And all of that will be mentioned in the show notes. And uh, speaking of how to connect with you, what are the best ways to connect with you? Again, I'll put them in the show notes, but for anybody who's listening and wants to find you right away. So I'm Tannenbaum Tech at pretty much everything. I've even joined the clubhouse cult um, (laughs) because I am an iPhone user. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been another amazing place to connect. Um, I'm pretty much that on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitter's where I mainly am at the most. So, and then I'm, I'm Debbie L. Tannenbaum on Facebook. So feel free to connect with me there as well. But my website's Tannenbaum Tech. Um, 
at least in 2021, I've been producing blog posts about every three days. I've just been on fire in 2021. Um, and so definitely feel free. I'm not sure when this is coming out, but if this comes out in April, I'm giving away tickets to the Code Breaker Power Summit. So feel free to check out my blog and see how you could possibly win those. And, you know, just don't forget, like, don't be afraid to try because um, you'll find a community you'll never imagine. Educators are probably the most support, especially connected educators, most supportive community that I have ever encountered. And I just want, I, I want everyone to benefit from that. Um, I feel right. like it's like, it shouldn't be a secret. It should just be something everybody knows about and benefits from. Ah, that's awesome. Debbie, I am so excited that you reached out to me after reading my chapter and um, you are a committed reader. I, I read that you read at least 15 minutes every day. Is that right? Yeah. 10 to 15 minutes every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great that's, exercise I, I, to commit to. Well, what I've been trying to do is, you know, when I read, then I reflect on it and I write, like, that's one of my things to try to transform myself and continue to grow. Nice. And so I find that there's so many amazing books out there. It's hard mm -hmm. to keep up. And I've been trying, you know, I joke that yeah, I can only win so many books. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you just never know right now I'm reading, you know, thrive through the five. And I found out about that book by going to FETC. Just never know. You know, um, yeah. But I've learned so much from reading reading um, other people's books. And, you know, I know that some of my other Road to Awesome authors are, their books are coming out soon and I can't wait to get a chance to read them as well. But every time I read something, I find a connection and I find a way that it helps me to grow even more. Fantastic. Again, thank you, Debbie. Thanks for reaching out and thanking for being on my podcast today. This was really fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's Journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.